the Lord wants to give us more than we are. I mean, He's already given it to us. That's the thing. That's the thing that everybody needs to really know about about the Bible and about the kingdom of God. It's already been given. The Holy Spirit's already been poured out. The Bible says, and He wants us to come more into what He's already done. Amen. That's really what we need to get get in our our minds today. So, Lord, I pray you to help us. And uh, I'm going to read Psalm 2, 6 through 8. Um, this is really good stuff, man. It's bad when you think your own messages are good. I mean, I don't know about the message itself. I'm just saying this is good stuff in the Bible, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Psalm 2, 6 through 8. Psalm 2 is one of my favorite psalms because it says, I'm not reading that part, but it's because it says, The Lord laughs at His enemies. Okay, so I love laughter. I like when I pray for people and I start laughing. I mean, somebody comes up and is in dire circumstances, some terrible things happen to them, you start laughing. <laughs> you think that, like, ooh, no, it's the Lord laughing at what He's fixing to do to fix that situation. Because the Lord's happy this morning. I wish we could get happy. I'm serious. I wish the church would, would have some joy and happiness. Because God wants us to be happy, not about everything, because happiness is tied to circumstances and joy is tied to the Lord, the Holy Spirit. But there's nothing wrong with being happy. Okay? So you can come to church and be happy about some things this morning. And I think one thing we can be happy about is there is an open heaven available to us. And that makes me sort of happy. You know? <laughs> but you believe in rules, you. Y'all know that. I'm not going to try to go too far off all that. But, but as for me, this is talking about God, I have installed my king upon Zion. My holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, This is the Lord Jesus speaking now, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give you the nations as your inheritance, the very ends of the earth as your possession. That's pretty good, isn't it? Ask of me, You are my son. He's been enthroned. So, one of the things I think the church really needs to realize uh, is going after the Holy Spirit is one of the most important things you could possibly do. Okay? There's not, you know, because the Holy Spirit is always going to point you towards the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate fruit in, the, in, in pursuing the Holy Spirit um, because that's what He does. That's why He's an invisible part of the Godhead is because He wants us to see through Him and see the person of Christ. And I believe in this, in this day and age that we're living in that the Father really wants to reveal Jesus Christ to the church in an increasing way. Uh, I can, and if, if I can get through this message, I think I'll show you that we, uh, the church, has, there's, there's degrees of revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God is increasing that. We don't see Him fully yet. And we won't see him fully and completely until we to to his return, and then we'll be like him. The Bible says, exactly. But to the degree we see him now, that's the degree we're going to reflect him. Amen. That's and so the Lord wants us to reflect the reflect the glory of Jesus because Jesus um, is the centerpiece of everything. He's the centerpiece of all creation and the centerpiece of all history. And he really, you know, people have said that man is the crown jewel of, of God's creation. That's what some people say. We're the crown jewel of God's creation. But the Lord Jesus is the crown jewel of everything. 
He really is. He's the, he's the crown jewel of everything. And God really wants people to, uh, He wants His, his people to, to, to behold Him in a fresh and greater way. Amen? And really, that's what, the, that's what the move of the Holy Spirit, that's what the river of the Holy Spirit is all about, ultimately. It's about revealing the Lord Jesus Christ. For those anti-river people, <laughs> you are anti-seeing Jesus. Amen? That's the truth. Don't be anti-anything that God wants to do. That's a terrible thing to be. It's, it's, don't be anti. Be for, be pro. You may not have to understand it. But I'll tell you something. God really is interested in revealing His Son to you and I in a greater way. And He wants us to fall in love with Him in a greater way. And this scripture here has this power on it. When I read it, um, it's, you know, Jesus says, if, he's, if He would be lifted up from the earth, He will draw men unto Himself. That's John uh, 12, verse 32. He will draw people. And so when we begin to see Christ, first of all, we're drawn. God wants to draw you and I this morning because He wants to reveal Jesus Christ to you and I more. Some people in this room, I don't know, we know where everybody's at, but some may know Him just as, you know, He saved you from your sins and you're going to heaven. That's a wonderful way, that's, but that's number one. But there's much greater. Some have a greater understanding of His Lordship and His Kingship, but there's just more. We haven't seen Him fully yet. We haven't seen... And I don't believe we'll ever fully understand the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't think we'll, we can spend eternity we won't, and we'll be doing a lot of that in eternity, is seeing more of Him, learning more of Him. But, so the Lord wants to draw us, but He also wants to draw the world unto Christ. And when I read these Scriptures, I see such a missions call in them Scriptures. There's a call from heaven to the world. There's a desire you know, in God's heart for the world to see the Lord Jesus Christ in a greater way. Uh, are you with me? That, that's the, the heart of God is to not only, uh, you know, bring the, you know, save the world, bring the world into the kingdom. It's God's heart to bring the kingdom in, into the world. Amen? He wants to bring the world into the kingdom. He wants to bring the kingdom into this world, to this realm. It's just wonderful you know, what the Lord wants to do. So there's this thing that God wants to do. I, I want you to get the sense of this this morning. I hope I can really convey it to you. But Jesus had a mission statement. And it's in Luke 4, 18 and 19. I'm not going to put it up there. But he starts out and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach, to heal, deliver, blah, 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 blah. The Spirit, that's Jesus. Now, now know what he said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon... God wants to put His Spirit on us. Amen? This is the, I'm telling you, this is one of the great secrets of the Bible. The Holy Spirit. God wants to immerse us in the Holy Spirit to such a degree that we get this missions call on our life. God has a mission's call. There's this desire in God's heart for every Christian to feel like they're on a mission. Uh, this is Acts 1-8. You will receive power. Everybody say, receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, God, that Jesus said the Holy Spirit was upon me and He's anointed me. And now the book of Acts begins by saying we're going to receive this same power when the same person of the Holy Spirit comes upon the church. 
Amen. Now, I know this is elementary Bible 101. This is Holy Spirit 101. This is Jesus Christ 101. And you shall be my witnesses. Okay? Now, see, there's your missions call right there. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. You get power. And guess what? This is the stated purpose of the Holy Spirit coming upon a person. is to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the remotest parts of the earth. Oh, we think missionaries, oh, well, let's put them on an airplane and send them to South America, to Africa. That's how we think missions. Uh, missions is right out the door. Missions may walk in the door. Amen? Missions is the neighbor. Missions is the person at work. Okay? And that's really where God wants to change our paradigm. That everywhere we go, we are bringing the anointing on us of heaven. Okay? Now, a witness... Of course, that word, we don't want to really work too hard on the martyr part. At least I don't. Y'all can if y'all want to. That's what it really means right there is martyr. Uh, which there's a pretty serious thought in, on that, which I'm just not re- really ready to go after this morning. But I am ready to go after what a witness is. A witness is one who can give a firsthand account, a firsthand account of something seen, heard, or experienced. A first-hand account. In other words, if there was a wreck up here at the top of the driveway this morning and the police came in here and said, uh, you know, Mr. Wicker, uh, we understand you're the pastor of the church and there was an accident up here. Can, can you give us some information about this accident? Oh, yeah, I heard there was an accident up there and, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Wicker, did you see the accident? No, no, sir, I didn't. Actually, I didn't come in there. I walked the church this morning. Uh, well, immediately the officer would discount anything I had to say because I didn't have a first-hand account of what happened. Okay? And see, that's, that's, the, that's our, what I want you to get. We, we, there's got to be a first-hand account. Me and you have to have something first-hand. It, it's not good enough for you to hear it second-hand. It's good to hear second-hand. It's good to hear, hey, uh, you know, uh, Rusty's Delis have the best hamburgers in the United States. Okay, I really believe that. They got the be- if you really want the best hamburger there is, go to Rusty's Deli in Mooresville. I love their hamburgers. But that's a, I've t- given you, and I know they do because I've ate there so many times. I've ate so many hamburgers there, I should own stock in this, this deli. Okay, because I love their hamburgers. But that, that's good for you to hear that, you need, but you need to go find out for yourself. Amen? Now, here's what the Apostle Paul said. He said this in 2 Corinthians 12.1. Boasting is necessary, though it is not profitable. But I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. Now here's Paul the Apostle talking about an increasing revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going on to visions and revelations of the Lord. Okay, that's what he said about himself personally. Okay, and so what we have to get in our heart, that we, we've got to quit just getting our information second hand. God wants to bring us into heavenly experiences. God wants to open the heavenly realm to every Christian that walks on this planet. Okay? That means you sitting in this room. I don't care how old you are. You can be the youngest person here. God wants to open up the invisible world for you to see into that invisible world. Amen? I wish y'all really would knock me down over here. I wish somebody would just come out here and throw me down on the floor and grab me and shake me and say, I want to see that. That's my inheritance. I have to have that. Now, I've had three experiences in the last three months. I'm going on. I'm doing what Paul said. Boasting is 
is, is you know, not, the, not necessarily the thing you need to be doing. And I'm not trying to put myself in the class of Paul, but I will tell you this. I've had three experiences where I've had a glimpse into the heavenly realm. Okay? Now, I can't tell you what I saw. That's my problem because it was a glimpse. But I do know something. This is what happened to me every time this happened. First, I wasn't expecting it. Okay, I was just doing something that's normal, and I was in the normal here. Okay, but once it happened, the whole, my whole spiritual countenance, my whole inward spiritual atmosphere changed 180 degrees. 180, I was suddenly, I, you know, in every situation, I didn't care what was happening around me. I was full of faith, I was full of life, I was full of joy, and I was full of brokenness. And instantly. And I was full of, more than anything else, love for the person of Jesus Christ. That's the effect. Now, that, those feelings were very intense. Those intense feelings faded, so to speak, over the next few days after, those, after that experience. They, they sort of, the feelings faded, but the one thing that has been left in my heart is when I read a scripture like that, when I think about that, I think this is the thing that God wants to do to the, for the church. God wants to reveal Himself. And when He reveals Himself, we want to go and tell the world about the wonder and the glory of this person. It's not because somebody's telling us we've got to do it. It's not because we're supposed to do it as Christians. It's because there's something that gets in you, that drives you and motivates you, and it causes you to love Him. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? So I'll tell you this. The greatest testimony there is of anybody being touched over and over and over by the Holy Spirit is at some point they're going to say, I love the Lord Jesus more than I And that's why people who will get touched one time, it makes no sense to do it one time because it's not biblical. <laughs> Amen? So that's one of the things that God wants to do for us, for us to be greater witnesses, is He wants to immerse us deeper and deeper into the spirit realm. We, we haven't reached the bottom of it yet. Deeper and deeper. We're not stopping. We, God wants to pour out His Spirit more and more and more and more and more. And see, what that will do, it will help you connect in to the spirit realm. It will help you connect in to the realm of of the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is within the realm of the spirit. That's where the kingdom of heaven is located. It's located because it says, what does it say? Is it in Galatians where it says uh, the kingdom of God is not eat, eating and drinking? Right? It's not eating and drinking. What else? But, it, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In where? In the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. That's where it's at. It's in the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you guys this morning. Number one, first thing. Do you want to see into the realm of the invisible? Do you want to love the Lord Jesus Christ more? I'm serious. Do you, I mean, I ain't talking about beating up some love and working up some love. I'm talking about loving Him. I'm talking about wanting to see Him more. The Holy Spirit will do that for you if you allow yourself to be immersed. Not one time, more time, not two more times, but just this is my life every day. Every day in my life, Lord, immerse me. Every day, Lord, Holy Spirit, come on me. Saturate me. Immerse me. Fill me, Lord. I don't have enough. I want to see this person of Jesus Christ. I want to love Him. Good? That's number one. I'm doing one, two, three this morning, okay? 
I got time to to finish it. All right, the next scripture I want to read to you is Hebrews 11, verse 27. Hebrews 11, verse 27. It says, By faith he, being Moses, left Egypt, not, now this is really important, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is unseen. He endured as seeing him who is unseen. So here's Moses, an Old Testament man, giving us a great, a great revelation about the invisible realm. Okay, and also two little side benefits. Okay, first it says that Moses, because Moses was able to see the invisible God, because Moses had the eyes to see the invisible, fear did not have its hold on Moses. My, do you hear what I'm saying to you? Is anybody suffering with fear in here this morning? I mean, everybody has to deal with fear. Every human being on this planet. We all have to face fear. And this is one of the great ways of overcoming fear is being able to see something that's invisible. To have the eyes to see the invisible realm is one of the greatest weapons of dealing with fear in your life. Also, it says he endured. Anybody need some endurance? I think Becky, that's been Becky's words. I feel like there's an endurance that's needed in the people of God right now. Here's one of your keys for endurance right here. Seeing the invisible. You, you feel like you need to endure through some hardships? There's other keys in the Bible. There's other ways of enduring, but this is one of them. This is one of the absolute keys for Christians is being able to see the invisible God by faith. Now listen, you can tell me all day long you don't really go for the invisible stuff. You have a big issue in your life if you tell me that. Because what does the Bible say in Hebrews 11.1 1 about faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What? The evidence of what? Unseen world. So if you say to me, if you're poo-pooing in the unseen, you need to look at your faith this morning. Because your faith is not for making sure you have money to pay your bill or, or whatever it is. Your faith is for the unseen. Faith has to see into the unseen. Is everybody hearing what I'm saying to you? I think the church really has gotten so far away from true biblical faith. Because true biblical faith sees the invisible. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many people in here are saved by an invisible God? Every one of us who were saved. You saw an invisible God. You heard an invisible God speak to you and you believed it. Our Christian life is meant to be that way. It's meant to see that invisible. Faith is really a key for seeing in the invisible world. I love it how John the Apostle, who, as everybody knows, was called the beloved, the beloved one because he was the one who was closest to Jesus. You know, he's the one who put his head on Jesus' breast at the Last Supper. And Peter was like, hey, John, ask him. You know, because Peter knew if Jesus will tell anybody, he'll tell the closest person to him on this, world, on this earth. You know, and can you imagine this? I mean, think about it a second. They're sitting at the table, and the Bible says that John had his head over here on Jesus. This is crazy, isn't it? They're eating. He's, he's just so loving Jesus that he's got his head on him. You know, like you could hear it. Come on, get me, man. I'm going to drip soup on your head if you're not careful. Can you just imagine that scene that somebody loved that person? But John 1.17, Jesus shows up. John sees him, and what happens? He is so overcome by this revelation of this person, it says he fell down like a dead man. 
He was so whopped out by the revelation of his best, closest friend that he heard his heartbeat and he revealed himself to him in a greater way and it blew him away. That's what God wants to do to the church. He wants to blow us away. I'm telling you, he wants to... When you get a little glimpse, I mean, my little glimpse, my teeny little two-second glimpse was just like overwhelming to me. I'm thinking God's like, I'm going to eat, I'm going to give you a second one, a two-second one, a three-second one, a four-second one. I'm going to build you up to this thing, get you used to this invisible world. Because I'm like Paul. I've taken on Paul's words. I'm going on to visions and revelations in the Lord. I've decided that in my life. I'm going on to that. That's what God has for me. I'm not like an unbelieving believer. And some of us in this room, honestly, we're unbelieving believers. We're not having any kind of revelations and visions. Why? Not because you can't, because you won't. Because you refuse to believe. When we begin to believe, and that's faith. It takes faith to do this. You've got to see with the eyes of faith. Uh, one, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. We see into the spiritual realm by faith. You have to believe God wants you to see it. You've got to believe there's an open heaven for you. It's there for us. It really is. That's why people like Paul talked talk to us in the Bible and told us these things because that's what they were seeing and they were trying to provoke us to say, we're, I'm seeing this. It ain't because I'm an apostle I'm seeing this. It's because I'm a boy, a child of God is the reason I'm seeing it. He wasn't saying that as an apostle. He was saying that as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was saying, I'm seeing it so you can see it. I'm experiencing it so you can experience it. I'm serious. I'm serious this morning. We can experience the open heaven. We can see into the spirit realm. We don't have to beg God for nothing. We're his family. He doesn't want us to beg. That's ridiculous. Are y'all okay? All right, this is his friend. Okay, first of all, how are we going to do it? Well, we need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Ooh. Second one, we need to walk by faith. Oh, those are real profound teachings of the Bible. Tell me something I didn't know. Let me get more profound. Let's look at Luke 24, verse 30 through 31. I was sort of shocked when the Lord started saying all this. And I was thinking, Lord, does everybody know this stuff? Not really. Because everybody knew it, they'd be doing it. This is what Jesus said. Or this is what it says. Luke 24, <clears throat> this is talking about Jesus. It says, when he had reclined at the table with them. This is a great story in the Bible. After Jesus was resurrected from the dead been walking down the road with these two guys. They didn't know who he was. He was a stranger. Mm. He took the bread and blessed it. Let's take something right here. Let's take this little word bread out and let's put word there. He took the word and blessed it. See, because that's what I've told you this. I know you're probably tired of hearing this. I don't care. Because this is what's really happening right now. God has taken his word. I'm talking Bible, word, scripture, and he's blessed it. Okay, he's took it and blessed it. And he's breaking it right now for his people. He's breaking the word open right now. There's, the word of God is broken open right now for us. It's broken open. The heavenly realm, the word of God is broken open right now. He broke it and he gave it to them. And God has got his hands reached out to us right now, this morning, right this moment. And he has a broken open word, a blessed word 
from his scriptures that he has broken open and he's saying, receive it. Okay? And guess what happened when they received it? Verse 31, Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Right now, God is opening the scriptures in a unique way. For Maybe he's always done. I'm just maybe tapping into something that's always existed. Probably is. Okay? But I'm just telling you this. He's opening up his way, his word, and he's revealing himself in the word like never before. I mean, I've been a Christian over 30 years, and I have honestly been a person who's pursued a relationship with God in the word for over 30 years. I've gone after it every right way, wrong way, you know, legalistic, mechanically, passionately. I mean, I've tried, I mean, you know, for 30-something years, if you're diligent about the Word, I've just, it was just a grace on my life. It was a gift from God to be a, have a hunger for the Word. Okay? It was a gift. I didn't do something. It wasn't me. It was God. But I'm just telling you, it's different now. It's been different for the past few months. God is opening the Word, and He's revealing things in the Scriptures that I have literally have never seen before. It's always been there. And God, and He's not doing that because I'm a pastor. <laughs> That's the last reason He would do it. The first reason He would do any of this is because you're my child. And I want my children to know me. I want my children to see me. I want my children to look into the invisible world and see this glorious person of Jesus Christ where they will love Him more. They will be passionate for Him more. They will so be sold out to Him more. Nobody's got to convince them to quit doing bad things. They don't want to do bad things because they've seen something that is wonderful and that is so affecting of their life. The sin issues become the minor issues. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? It's God's secret weapon. I believe the, church, the, the greatest weapon that we as a church will ever have is a greater revelation of Jesus. It'll cure a lot of our ills. It really will. So the Word of God, please read the Scriptures. Please. Uh-huh. The difference is God has opened it up to me and showed me a depth in it that I didn't see before. That's the difference. Literally. I look forward to reading the Bible every day because I know God's going to show me something that I haven't seen before. He's going to show me something about Himself. Okay? He's, he's, he's beyond the surface. It's beyond one level down. It's beyond two levels. I don't, know how, I don't know. But you know what? I feel like I'm still in the ankle. And I'm excited. I'm excited about the ankle deep word because it's so profound and beyond me. And I believe if you'll just take this simple prayer, Father, right now in Jesus' name, I'm thinking open the word. Will you please bless your word, break it open, and give it to me? And I just receive it this morning by faith. And when you do that, you just start reading and you let the Holy Spirit open the thing that He wants to open to you. And He will do it. He will consistently do it in your life. I hope that answered your question. All right, look at this next one. All right, this is really good. All right, so far we got the we got the Holy Ghost, we got faith. Now we got reading the Bible. We are really a profound, high-level people, aren't we? We're we're talking about getting filled with the Holy Ghost, reading the Bible. I mean, how do you know? How do you see it in the invisible realm? Read the Bible. This sounds this sounds too good to be true. It's just too simple. 
And eating hamburgers at Rusty's. Go get you one if you like hamburgers. It's fresh hamburger meat. Mayonnaise, lettuce, and tomato, and grilled onions on a sesame bun and really good French fries. Anyways, back to the real world here. Ephesians 1, 15 through 18. I don't know. I've never been there on Sunday. Are they? Are they open on Sunday? Yeah. Now, there's Paul praying for the Ephesian church. And remember, Ephesians was a book that was not written to address a problem or an issue in the church. Ephesians was written, Paul was revealing his vision. Paul was revealing the glory of the Lord in the book of Ephesians and what our responses must be. And he said, For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. Now listen, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the true knowledge of Him. True knowledge is literal. The true knowledge. In other words, he was saying, you Ephesian people, y'all are powerful people. Y'all are people of faith. Y'all are people who love each other. But there's more. There's a more of a revelation of Jesus Christ. There's a greater thing for you to see, you mighty Ephesian people. And they were mighty because Paul spent three years there establishing them people. And they had tremendous leaders. Timothy was a pastor there. John the Apostle was a pastor there. According to church history, this is a very powerful people, a very powerful church. Great men leading it. And he said, the Lord wants to reveal him more to you. And I'm praying that. So guess what the next one is if you want to see in the invisible realm. Lord, I ask you, give me the spirit wisdom and revelation so I can see Jesus Christ more. It's just praying and asking God to do that. Not begging Him, asking Him. The eyes of your, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And then He goes on to some specifics. The hope of His calling. For the riches the glory of His inheritance. See, it's all about those things we sort of take them to ourselves, which is okay to do that to take them to our calling, our inheritance. All, all that's wonderful because it is ours, but really it's His starting. You hear that? The exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe. That's the next thing, the three things. And God wants to reveal that to the church. He wants us to pray and ask Him to do that. That's one of the chief prayers in the Bible right there. Oh, Lord, please help me today. No. Uh, Lord, please give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know Jesus Christ more, to see Jesus Christ more to see who, what He really looks like, to see what heaven is really like. Let me see this invisible world. Open the, my spiritual eyes to see, Lord. Prayer is very key in all this because God answers that prayer. God answers the hungry heart. If you really are serious about wanting to see in the spiritual realm, prayer is really a, a key part of it. Not a begging prayer, but a believing prayer. Believing. All right, and the last one I'm going to give you is Ephesians. Are y'all okay this morning? If it's, somebody tell me, Byron, you don't really preach practical messages no more. If this ain't practical, they does not exist a practical message. Seeing in the invisible realm is a practical thing for you and I. It is a must. We have to have it. We cannot accept a Christianity apart from it. We cannot accept a Christianity apart from it. We cannot. I refuse to. I flat refuse to. 
I'm willing to go down over it. I'm really, I'm, that's the way I feel. Lord, this is, this is mine. I'm on it. I believe this is what you have for me. I'm going for it. Now, I don't feel like I have to strive for it and all that stuff. I think God wants to give it to me. All right, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Ooh, thank you, Lord. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Of course, we all know this is what they call the five-fold ministry. Those people who have this office and these anointings for these type of things are given to the church, to first of all, to equip the saints for the work of service. That's what their job is, is to equip people to do ministry. You know, and really that's what... That's what's needed in this hour is the people of God being mobilized into active military duty with the Lord. And that's really what God's called us to do, active military duty. All right, but then the second thing is to build up the body of Christ. God is very interested in the body of Christ in America being built up in the world. So people who reject the body of Christ are making a terrible mistake. Because God wants to, so we're trying, we're rejecting something, we're withdrawing from something that God actually wants to build up, that needs to be built up. Okay? Then it says, until we all attain, so this is going to continue until there's an attaining of something, until we all attain to the unity of faith. So that building up and that work of service is going to bring us into a place of unity of faith. That's what it's meant to do. Okay? And, this is cool, the second thing that's meant to do. Bring us into a true knowledge of the Son of God. You see that? Do y'all get that? This is important. This is one of the ways that God wants to open the invisible world to us. He wants to release the ministry of the fivefold giftings into the church. And when He does that, one of the results of that is we are going to be able to see a revelation of Christ beyond what we've seen. It's, churches can't just have a, a pastor or a, just a teacher, or just an event. They need all this working in the church, ministering in the church. Are y'all hearing me on that? God's going to bring the church to that place. We're not there today, but we're going for it. We're asking the Lord on a practical level in our church, how do we come into that? How do we come into that, Lord? We want to come in that because, and the reason we want to come into it, the reason I want to, I, got, I'm real, I want to see the Lord Jesus more. I want to see this person of Christ more. So, there's five things I gave you. Number one, Holy Ghost. Get immersed in the Holy Ghost. Not one time, but as many times as you can. <laughs> as many times as you will. Don't sit back in disbelief. Don't sit there when you get with the Lord every morning in disbelief and go through the motions. Or don't even do Don't waste your time. Throw your daggone commentaries. Throw your Bible. So throw all that stuff in the trash can if you have to. Throw your Bible in the trash can if you have to. I could do some radical stuff. I've thrown Bibles away. I've thrown them up against the wall. I've thrown them out the windows of cars. So frustrated. And I'm just trying to get through this thing of having something that's real in my life and not religious. And if that's what it takes, I mean, I don't suggest it because it costs money to buy Bibles. You know, but I have done that. <laughs> and I would do it again if I felt like I had to. I love books and stuff, but I'll throw them all away. I'll set fire to them and burn them if that's what it takes. Okay? Get into the Word of God. Okay? Just please read the Bible. Let Jesus speak to you through the Bible. You know, have, you know, operate in your faith for the invisible to see the invisible. Expect to see the invisible. Not strive to see it. Expect to see it. Let Him show it to you. He'll do it. Like I said, three times it's happened to me. Total unexpected. Total not like, oh, please, God, oh, I'm, I'll do whatever you tell me. I'll fast for a month. I'll do all. I wasn't doing any of that. He was just doing it because He wanted to do it because I'm His son. You know, that's the third one. 
What's the fourth one? Prayer. Just ask the Lord. Lord, I want this. Or, I, you know, I, you could pray like this if you don't want it. Lord, help me to want it. Give me a hunger. Do something in me, God. Make me thirsty. I'm tired of being an old crummy Christian. <laughs> and, of course, the last one is to be able to receive ministry from the five-fold ministry that God is releasing in the earth now, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and that. Receive that. Let them build you up. Let them employ you in the ministry. Let them help you come to a place where the revelation of Christ is made real to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Amen. That was really good. I think... You know, we really always need to re be reminded of the foundations. I, I just think we can never get enough of that because it really centers us and, you know, lets us know how to really proceed forward again because I believe we forget. I think the reason why we forget so much is because we don't, you know, people don't really realize this, but at some point in history, I don't know what time it was, there was a real rational thing that came into uh, the spirit of rationale came in to the, into the church and made us have to rationalize everything out in our minds to really believe that it's true. But really, you know, really the New Testament, the New Covenant was really all about experiential faith. It wasn't about just doctrine. And I think that's really where the Lord wants to, to take us back, to where it's experiential faith. It really is. It's not about just having a set of doctrines that we believe and hold to, but it's about really having a real and living relationship with Christ through the Holy Spirit, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, through the Word. And see, we get that all so backwards. And I just want to encourage us that really we're in a season of really going after experiencing God, really experiencing Him through our faith, through the Holy Spirit. And, and these foundations are how we do it. It's just how we do it. So, and I want to know uh, how many do we have CSM students here this morning that has um, any words? Rhonda, you got something before we do that? Just as sometimes I feel like uh, we have an enemy that chases us. He he has us running down rabbit trails. You know, we go down rabbit trails because we see something or we think something, and the Lord really His hearts to bring us back to Himself to really put truth and in the impartation of truth into us. And, you know, just if, if we, because I've done that in my life, that really to get away from those rabbit trails, it takes repentance and coming back to the Lord and really seeking His heart. And He, he is such a loving God that He will never start pouring into us. You know, it's His heart to pour into us, just like if we have little children. He wants to pour into us all that He has all that he wants us to be. Amen. Well, we're going to pray for people, and um, one of the things we do is for our Christ School of Ministry students to have words for prayer. But we want to pray about the message. The ministry team people need to come on up to those of you with, uh, who are trained uh, to pray for people. Please come up. We need you. So that would be good. So I feel like the Lord wanted to heal arthritis today. That's really good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, come on up and get prayer. I tell you what, the Lord has, he is just, you know, we really have the ability to impart the Holy Spirit to one another. That's why prayer is so good.
why we just go after it. It's just wonderful. So, and coming uh, up for prayer really is His releasing His kingdom into us also. Amen. So let's go for it. <laughs> 